Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. I am Rudy Maxa, your genial radio show host, and you are indeed in Rudy Maxa's world where we talk travel from just about every angle you can imagine. This weekend, I'm coming to you from the Jefferson Hotel in downtown Washington, D.C. It's about four short blocks in the front door of the White House. Now, i got to tell you, this is a jewel of a hotel. It's, it's a discreet Beaux-Arts building. It's a boutique property whose total redesign three years ago was inspired by Thomas Jefferson's European travels and his home in Monticello in Charlottesville, Virginia. In fact, if uh, you check in here and if you didn't know better, you'd think you were in a fashionable, understated hotel in Paris or London. We're going to talk more about the influence of Jefferson that informs this boutique hotel of 99 guest rooms and 20 suites later this hour. Also this hour, we'll meet a woman responsible for one of the most interesting new, I should say relatively new, museums in the town called the Museum. It's right on Pennsylvania Avenue, not far from the Capitol Dome, and as its name suggests, it's a museum devoted to news. And if you don't think that's a sexy business and a fascinating museum, well, come in, check it out, and then write me an email if you uh, disagree. Um, before I talk a little about Washington, I just want to bring some breaking news to you. Qantas Airlines, the uh, airline of Australia, has grounded its entire fleet as of 5 p.m. Saturday Australian time, the result of a strike by three of its unions, including its pilots' union. This is going to strand 70,000 passengers and I think about 600 planes uh, uh, nation or six in 600 planes nationwide, right? You know, yeah, yeah. The airline's website uh, has said it's going to provide a full refund to ticket holders or passengers, uh, and passengers may rebook on a future flight. Qantas code shares, uh, they share codes with United, are not affected, by the way. And there's no indication how long this labor action is going to paralyze the airline. Qantas will only deal with bookings on a day-to-day -day basis. In other words, if you've got a ticket for more than 24 hours out on Qantas, don't bother contacting the airline until 24 hours before that flight. Qantas's website says it will arrange accommodations, meals, and transfers if you're an international passenger stranded by this strike. Now, if you do want to rebook on another carrier in the same class of service, you may do so and Qantas will reimburse the difference in price between the alternate ticket and the value of the refunded Qantas ticket. So big news in the international airline world. If you're holding a Qantas ticket for travel this coming week, can't even predict how long this, late, this strike may last, but not good news. As I said, we're coming to you from the Jefferson Hotel in Washington, D.C., and uh, I happen to know a thing or two about the nation's capital. I went to junior high and high school here in the suburb of Bethesda, and after college in Ohio, I returned to work at the Washington Post. Uh, I was an investigative reporter and columnist at the Post for 13 years. I was nominated for a Pulitzer. Only lost by one vote, but uh, hey, who remembers that? I, I mean, I certainly don't. My goodness. Um, I left the Post to become a senior writer at the City Magazine. It's called Washingtonian. I was there nine years. And then began writing and broadcasting about travel from here in D.C. for another nine years before moving to St. Paul, Minnesota, where I live now. So in a way, I've returned home this weekend. Now, if there's anything I've learned as a journalist during my 30 years in Washington, it's that this is a city of secrets, real secrets and imagined secrets. Uh, on any given day, there may well be a foreign spy making a drop in downtown Rock Creek Park. 
There are armies of lobbyists twisting the arms of politicians and their staffers with agendas the public often doesn't know about. Reporters meet confidential sources in garages. I'm thinking about my old Watergate days, uh, as well as in out-of-way bars. And sometimes those things aren't happening, but some people think they are. Uh, while spring with its daffodils and cherry blossoms and rhododendrons and fall with its colors and mild temperatures into late October are lovely, summers in D.C. can be ungodly hot and humid, frankly. Much of the place used to be a swamp. There's a reason the neighborhood around the State Department, which is by the Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam War Vets Memorial, is called Foggy Bottom. And this is a city where buildings and institutions actually talk. You can hear them on the news every day, as in, the White House this morning said, or the IRS told taxpayers today. The former Washington Post columnist Nick Von Hoffman once wrote that Washington isn't a black and white kind of place. It's a city of grays. Sources talk to reporters but don't want their names published. Politicians bang fists on tables. They make tough demands but compromise behind closed doors. Or at least they used to, and I think a good portion of the country hopes they would still do that a little more often. The good guys are sometimes the bad guys and vice versa. Some people don't like the gray aspect of the nation's capital, but I can tell you as a reporter, I certainly did. But that's just workaday Washington. This is also one of America's most beautiful cities to visit. With its broad avenues, spacious parks, green traffic circles, all laid out by a Frenchman named Pierre L'Enfant, by the way, it's a gracious city with low buildings. By law, buildings can't be above 13 stories high here so as not to dwarf the national monuments. It's a city of white marble. There's a terrific subway called the Metro, cozy and charming neighborhoods, and an economy that hasn't been affected by the recession as much as most American cities have. And there are world-class restaurants here, too. I ate this week at a new one called District Commons near George Washington University. It's a smash hit after being open only a month or so. In the second hour, we're going to talk about how the food and places that people eat here are so often reflected by who's in the White House. On Thursday night, I dined at Brasserie Beck, where they pair beers with food like the French pair wines. It's in a neighborhood by the old convention center that when I left town nine years ago was an urban wasteland. On Thursday night, you could barely get up to the bar. And there are great hotels as well. The Jefferson, where I'm broadcasting from, just off the lobby now, is one of them. But most of all, there are the monuments and the museums. The many museums that make up the Smithsonian are free to visitors, as is the Capitol, the White House, and the Supreme Court, among many other sites here. This is a visitor's paradise. It lends itself to long walks along the mall which is anchored at one end by the majestic Capitol building and at the other by the Lincoln Memorial, to walk among the graves at uh, nearby Arlington Cemetery, where my dad is buried, uh, and is to feel the history and sacrifice that's kept this country free of foreign occupation and tyranny elsewhere. And if you've ever walked through the Vietnam War Memorial at dusk, this is a city that can make you cry. Yeah, I'm about to cry about it. I remember walking through the Vietnam Memorial many times. Uh, if you've never visited Washington, I encourage you to do so. And if you want to treat yourself to a special hotel, the Jefferson should be on the top of your list. We're going to learn more about the city during this show, but let me touch just briefly on a couple pieces of travel news. I told you about the Qantas Airlines strike. After more than a year of negotiations, American Airlines reached a tentative labor agreement with its baggage handlers and other ground crews. This is a step forward for the money-losing airline. It's been trying to renegotiate contracts with employees to lower its labor costs that are reportedly $800 million higher than the competition. Citing America's huge pension plan and health care obligations, one airline analyst this week, this week suggested America should declare bankruptcy to shed some of its obligations and even consider a merger with another airline, such as U.S. Airways. And flooding closed Bangkok's domestic airport, but international flights, at least for the moment, are still operating out of, out of the, from the nearby international airport. They can take off and land. And on the Caribbean coast of Mexico, Hurricane Rena caused the largest number of flight cancellations in Cancun since 2009. Some, hundred, some 161 flights were canceled. 
The hurricane weakened and became a tropical depression on Friday, so flights should be back to normal this weekend. And in Boston on Friday morning, a Norwegian cruise line ship docked with two dead people aboard. Massachusetts police are investigating both deaths. A 67-year-old woman died following a chronic illness, said the cruise line. But the cause of the death of a second person, a 23-year-old man, is less certain. The ship, the Norwegian Dawn, has been on a seven-day cruise to and from Bermuda. Stick around. We're going to come back and uh, we're going to take a look at one of D.C.'s coolest museums dedicated to one of the city's major industries, which is the media. Don't go away. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. I have this dizzy feeling every time I get out of bed, like spinning. I don't know why. It's awful. I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer. I get lightheaded walking down a hall or aisle. Or unsteady on my feet. I lose my balance and get a little motion sick. It's like vertigo. That dizzy feeling in a car, train, or airplane. It's awful. An inner ear problem. Most likely your vestibular system. Now there's Zyvestrin. An amazing, fast-acting... Dual-action tabs and targeted cream. You rub behind your ear. Behind your ear. And it works in an advanced homeopathic way to relieve... Dizziness. It relieves that vertigo feeling. That dizzy feeling, gone. Zyvestra is amazing. No more suffering from dizziness and queasiness. Wake up with better balance. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Zyvestra. Call 1-800-304-1684. 800-304-1684. Stop the dizziness. Call 800-304-1684. That's 800-304-1684. Advil Congestion Relief presents The Woman Who Cried Mucus. Once there was a congested woman. I blame mucus. And everyone believed right. her. Mucus. mucus. But she blamed mucus one too many times. I blame mucus. All right, stop blaming me. Stop crying mucus when the real problem is often swelling. Try Advil Congestion Relief. It reduces swelling due to nasal inflammation. Advil Congestion Relief. The right relief for the real problem. Visit AdvilCongestionRelief.com. Use as directed. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to Washington, D.C. and Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour, coming to you just off the lobby of the Jefferson Hotel. So if you hear a little ambient noise in the background, that's folks coming in and coming out. Uh, just FYI, uh, one of the folks going out to dinner from here last night from her room was uh, Heidi Klum who's in town, I think, for something at the Kennedy Center. I wasn't quite sure. And then I came back from dinner, and she was coming back from the Kennedy Center. So I had two Heidi Klum uh, spot, spottings here in the lobby, which is unusual because it's a very discreet lobby, and there's usually no one in it. This is not a convention hotel. Anyway, i got to tell you, this segment of Rudy Max's World, Rudy Max's World is brought to you by discoverireland.com. 
forward slash West Coast. So it's the West Coast of Ireland. Uh, West Coast is famous for its breathtaking landscapes, its authentic cultural heritage, and local folks who would ha be happy to talk to you and welcome you to their country. The West Coast of Ireland is yours to discover. Go for more information. Go to Discover Ireland and discoverireland.com forward slash west coast or you can visit rudymaxa.com right on the homepage there's a link to that website I'm delighted to uh, welcome uh, Kathy Trost to the uh, show she is the director of exhibit development at the museum and I mentioned it in passing at the introduction it's one of the great new and I put new in quotes because it's been open how long Kathy? Three years. Three years but by Washington standards that's new great new, new museums here now Kathy's a former Wall Street Journal reporter uh, and are you a founding director of, of it says founding director in your bio of a national journalism center. Are you talking about the museum? No, I'm founding director of a journalism center at the University of Maryland. Online. Ah, the Philip Merrill, uh, my mm. old boss at Washingtonian, <laughs> the, the late Philip Merrill. He was a character. Uh, now, I have visited the, uh, the museum, uh, but you are the expert, and you were involved in many of the, obviously, in many of the exhibits there. Um, tell me, give, give an audience who, who hasn't been there an overview of the purpose of the museum and what generally they might find. Let's get, then we'll get a little specific and talk about some of the great things like uh, uh, the desk for the former host of uh, Meet the Press, and, uh, or the office actually, not just the desk. But talk to me about the museum generally. Sure. I, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's a revolutionary museum experience. It's a museum like no other. Um, I've dragged my family across the world to see museums and what we hear constantly from people who come into the museum is I, I didn't really know what to expect when I came here but now that I've seen it I had no idea so much that we think we should rename it the I had no idea <laughs> museum um, it's really um, it's a constantly changing stage where five centuries of news history meets breaking news every day it's, it's fresh every day, which there and in and of itself is a huge difference between most museums in Washington. And when you say fresh, it's because there are how many front pages just in, right. uh, that you can view every day, the, the, the front page of that day from world, how many world's papers? It's so cool. From uh, We get over 800 newspapers oh uh, sent to us every morning to our FTP site, and we print out a selection every day of international and national front pages. So on a big news day, in particular like the day Gaddafi died, for instance, it was a real, um, it's a real learning moment to see how editors around the world played that story. Uh, and that's just one of the many up-to-the-minute things that you can see at the museum. It's also filled with real pieces of history in those, in, in those moments, those where-were-you-when moments in your lives. So I think that's what really makes the emotional connections to visitors, that they come in for those big moments. Where were you when JFK died? Where were you when the Berlin Wall fell? Where were you on 9-11? And, and they really resonate with people. So it's a mixture, I think, of um, you know, sort of a traditional mu history museum with a theme park. And it's also... I can't stress enough how fun it is. It's up to the minute technology, it's state of the art, it's interactives, it's hands-on uh, interactives. We even have a 4D theater experience where visitors strap on 3D glasses and ha sit in seats with special effects. And it's a time travel adventure back to some big moments in journalism history. What's the fourth D, movement? Special effects, and Special I won't effects. reveal them on air. You'll have All to try right. that out for yourself. I love this. One of the first uh, traffic helicopters mounted up on the ceiling, too. There is. It? There's a Belt Jet Ranger helicopter hanging high over the atrium, one of the classic icons of news gathering. And I love, Tim, the... Re the, well, it's not a recreation. It was Tim Russert's office, wasn't it? Yes. He I kept a messy desk, didn't he? He kept a very messy desk, but, but an intriguing desk filled with all his great interests, which were everything from politics to sports to Catholicism to news. To Buffalo. To Buffalo, of course. And... Um, 
the great thing about that office is that it, it's, a, it's an entrance into the mind of a great newsman, and it's more than just his office. It really shows how he worked to make Meet the Press the most popular Sunday morning talk show and how thorough he was as a reporter. My guest is Kathy Trost from the Museum. It's a great museum here in Washington, D.C. She is the director of exhibit development. Um, are there some exhibits, that, I mean, for example, uh, um, Tim Russman's desk or office that, that are permanent? Yeah, we have um, 14 major permanent galleries, 15 theaters, so you can see more than 100 hours of films in these theaters as well as visit the permanent galleries. But then we have ever-changing temporary exhibits. We've had about 14 since we opened three years ago, so we, we know how to meet a deadline. I think that's one of the coolest <laughs> things about us. A lot of us are recovering journalists over at the museum. We're kind of a hybrid of journalist and museum professional, which makes it so unique. And so we can respond to breaking news events and create instant exhibits, which we do, or we can be very responsive in a short frame of time. For instance, the FBI came to us just about the time we were opening and said, it's our 100th uh, anniversary in 08, and we'd love to work with you on a, a retrospective of the great crime stories of the uh, FBI's that's when I saw first that, yeah. century, yeah, one of my favorite exhibits. Um, this exhibit really takes you back. I mean, you can see everything there from the Unabomber's cabin, the actual cabin he lived in in Montana for 20 years, plotting his dastardly crimes. You know, we went out to Sacramento, where the FBI had that stored, broke it down, put it on a flatbed truck, brought it back, lowered it into the museum, reconstructed it in that gallery. It's really an amazing piece of history. But you can also see the great weapons and, you know, John Dillinger's boater hat and the, his eyeglasses and his stogie, you know, from the night he was captured outside the Biograph Theater, uh, Patty Hearst's uh, effects. You know, it's just really living history in that museum. And we've recently added to the FBI exhibit the story of 9-11 um, because, you know, it was the biggest news story of our time. It was the biggest criminal investigation in the FBI's history. It had a huge impact, and you can go see there now actual pieces of the engines and the landing gear from one of the planes that struck the World Trade Center, and in their continuing investigations, I mean, I couldn't believe we actually have on display the shoe bomber shoes, the shoes that the Richard Reed wired with explosives in his failed attempt to blow up a plane over the Atlantic. Um, so, you know, I mean, you, you just get awestruck looking at this. And a with that, I presume, is the these front pages that oh, yes. covered these events. So you've got some of the artifacts, but then you've got the front pages. And, you know, I was thinking 9-11. My gosh, it was just yesterday. But there are kids who are 10 and 11 years old who were, or nine or ten years old, who were just born when that happened. So to them, that is history, isn't it? That's one of their where were you when moments. Many mm -hmm. of them, that's the first major news story they can remember. And so it's really important for them to come in and see it and put it in context with, say, what we also have, which is eight sections of the Berlin Wall, which to their parents or grandparents' generation was their where were you when moment. It certainly was, or the JFK assassination. Yes. Um, look, just let me ask you a, a technical question. Um, when you say you have the Unabomber's shoes... Shoe bombers. It, sh excuse me. Sorry, sorry. You have the Unabomber's cabin. You've got the shoe bomber's <laughs> shoes. Um, is there competition to get something like that? Is the Smithsonian? Is, uh, I don't know, the FBI? They all want to put it on display? Is it like getting a, 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 a big-name guest for a morning talk show and the networks are all competing for what they call the get? Absolutely. I think that's a really good analogy. So who had those shoes and who'd you get them from? The FBI. But we oh, built okay. we built this relationship. They investigated the case. So we work with their Boston field office to, um, once the investigation's wrapped up, it's no longer a criminal matter. Uh, but it's not easy because um, 
you know, and part of the theme that we explore in the FBI exhibit is the tense relationship often between the news media and law enforcement throughout history. And sometimes there's cooperation, sometimes there's conflict. I think there's still, you know, a little question in the FBI's mind about, uh, you know, working with us. But we've had a—we've carved out a really good relationship, and we continue to build on their—we uh, call it artifacts, they call it evidence. Well, they're, uh, well, they're also a block—isn't the FBI headquarters a block or two away from you? Yes. So if they need to get the shoes, they can just run down the street and get them <laughs> if they need it for something. Yeah, absolutely. We've only got a, about 45 seconds left, Kathy. As I recall, there's also a, a set where anybody, and I think it would certainly appeal to kids, can for a few minutes at least be a TV news anchor. It's part of the wow factor of the museum. You can go and be a TV reporter while you're at the museum. Well, you pick a lot of uh, back screens from green screen setups. You can stand in front of the Supreme Court or the Nationals game or <laughs> a whole bunch of things, and you can report live from the steps of the White House, and then you get that clip for your very personal use. I just uh, I, I just think it's, it's a new... I was just sitting here in the Jefferson having breakfast, and there's an Irish couple who landed last night, their first time to Washington. They've come as tourists. And it's raining. And they said, what should we do today? I guess they had planned to walk around town. And I said, it's a great day for the Smithsonian, but don't miss right next to the Smithsonian, the museum. And I described it to you, and I would certainly suggest that to our listeners. Kathy, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse of it. Thank you for having me. Kathy Trost is the Director of Exhibit Development at the Museum, N-E-W-S-E-U-M. The website is? www.newseum.org. Easy enough. Stick around. We'll be right back. We'll get a little history of uh, uh, this part of town and this incredible hotel. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. Ireland invites you to the exclusive Cliff Cork Nichols. Intrigued by Cliff Cork Nichols? It's simple. After gasping at the cliffs of Moor, too exhausted to talk, one starts listening to the chronicles of the locals in Cork, known for spinning a good yarn. Bring a fresh pot of tea, because in a land famous for its wool, the yarn can last all night. Cliffs of Moor, Cork, Chronicles, Cliff Corknicles. Flex that mouth and brace those ears. Take a vacation from the typical vacation. DiscoverIreland.com Find great value vacation offers at DiscoverIreland.com Get in the zone! High gas prices got you down? AutoZone can help. Using a fuel system cleaner is an easy way to improve engine performance and fuel economy. Right now at AutoZone, save $2 on a 6-ounce bottle of Gum Out Regain Complete Fuel System Cleaner. See store for restrictions and details. Maximize your miles per gallon with help from AutoZone today. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. And if you do call in to talk to us, your show, your station may be time-shifting our show through the weekend. If you get a message, that's what's happening. Uh, please leave your name, your phone number, your question, or your comment, and uh, we'll call you back if uh, you want to talk about it on the air or if you need an answer from me. Um, I'd like to welcome a new station to Rudy Maxa's world. It's WEEU AM 830. It serves Red... 
8.30 a.m., I should say, uh, serving, a Redding, uh, serving Redding, Pennsylvania, and Allentown, Lancaster, the Lehigh Valley, Philadelphia. That is a gorgeous part of the country. I'm delighted that as of this weekend, listeners in that region will be able to listen to the country's most widely syndicated radio travel show. Nice to have you aboard, WEEU listeners. Thanks for joining us. Joan Esposito is the director of sales here at the Jefferson. She's also the unofficial historian, I believe. Uh, this is a building that has been totally redone in a just a, just an amazing way. You can imagine Thomas Jefferson living here. And in fact, I bet a lot of guests who check in think Thomas Jefferson must have been here because it's such a gorgeous Beaux-Arts building. Good, Hi, Joan. Good morning. <laughs> and welcome to the Jefferson. It is a beautiful 1923 Beaux-Arts building, fashion much after Two Passions of Thomas Jefferson in a recent renovation conducted by our ownership in 2007 to 2009. And we focused on his passion of Monticello. It's about two hours here from Washington, as well as his love of Paris, where he served as our minister. So as you walk through the, the doors of this building, you'll see tray ceilings, beautiful crown moldings, pencil moldings, and even architectural features in the guest rooms that represent his home. Also in the guest room, you will see um, in the draperies, the five outbuildings of the estate. So he would feel very comfortable as he traveled through the Jefferson today. Also, as you take a right, uh, the, the reception desk, there are two reception desks, and on the wall to the left of them are, are those original documents with Thomas Jefferson's signatures? Those are original documents, which were actually acquisitioned under uh, Edward Bennett Williams' reign when he owned the Jefferson. The legendary estate. Washington lawyer, Edward Bennett Williams. Exactly, and owner of the Baltimore Orioles at the time. He purchased those, and they were scattered throughout the hotel. And during our renovation, we decided it was most important to gather them together and put what we call our museum wall together of original documents with Mr. Jefferson's signature. It's quite stunning to see Thomas Jefferson's signature, uh, you know, our, our third U.S. president, on the wall here in, in a— in a hotel, and did uh, did I, I, I happen to actually know the hotel design firm Kleiner Perkins that did the interior? Yes. Did they do a lot of studying? Of did they go? I presume they went to Monticello. They did. And is this all this wainscoting and uh, incredible work in this hotel? Is that reflective of? Absolutely, it was a tribute to his home again. So Jefferson would feel right at home if he checked yes, in. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Unbelievable. What uh, what other uh, iconic? Well, I, I noticed the paintings. I'm looking right out be, across the. Uh, lobby to the reception desk. There's some gorgeous floor-to-ceiling paintings. Right. The, the artwork throughout the property is amazing. A beautiful French countryside, which, of course, he had a passion for. Um, you'll notice a, a beautiful wine cellar called the private cellar that houses about 13,000 different varieties of bottles of wine. Again, a passion of Jefferson as he explored France and mostly the Loire region. Um, he became quite fascinated by those wines and travel. And, and, and also there's, there's I would call it a library, but apparently Thomas Jefferson called his library the, the book room. The book and room. you have a book room here. Correct. And again, under Mr. Williams, we began a collection of Jefferson books, and then we amassed it into a smaller library to be reflective of his home at Monticello, because he was an avid reader and had often said to John Adams, um, I cannot live without books. So again, we wanted that passion to be replicated in the renovation of the property as well. So although our lobby is quite small, a small hotel and in 99 guest rooms, we wanted an area for guests to congregate or to enjoy visitors while not escorting them to their rooms if not necessary. And that's just become a, a fabulous small meeting space. Well, it's, it's more—I mean, when I hear meeting space, I think of fairly sterile hotel rooms and Correct. chain hotels. Mm -hmm. I think— 
this is a little this is a little library. It's floor to ceiling. Well, not not quite floor to ceiling. Sort of waist high to ceiling books. Mm -hmm. Many of the books Jefferson would have read on science and so on. Correct. Uh, you also have books by autographed by authors who stayed in the hotel. Correct. Um, I know hotels don't like to give guest names, and I'll probably get in trouble for mentioning that Heidi Klum <laughs> was here last night. Uh, but uh, you have books by famous authors, so I can tell who stayed here. Yes, you can. That's the only place where you can actually uh, and, and Figure that identify out. <laughs> our guests. And there's a fireplace in there. Correct. So, I, yeah, when you say, well. when, I, I don't want to have the listeners think of that as a meeting room. It's a cozy little room with Correct. a fireplace going yeah. with lush, I mean, Lush, Beautiful word, sofa, plush sofas and chairs. You can chairs read. for reading. Yeah, Absolutely. I want to live there. I want to. <laughs> we live can there. arrange that. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think if I still lived in Washington, I'd just come sit there all day by the fire and read books and uh, sip a Madeira. Um, we've got about a minute left. What else should we should a guest or, or a visitor who stops into the Jefferson see without fail? First, our skylight. Um, when you first walk into the property, you see the night. It's an original property um, feature. It was covered up during the World War II, so if it was uh, gone to prevent for... lights for bombers. Exactly. So we um, unveiled that, and it is the original framework of the um, original skylight. So it adds a beautiful, much lighter element than the Jefferson of the 1980s or 90s. And it's it's a conservatory, really, where you take breakfast and, and uh, on a good day, the sun pours Correct. through the light, and, and it's in the winter. Saturday and Sunday tea, so traditional English tea served. Well, this is this is a, this is more than a hotel. It's a hotel with a story, a historical story, and it is a very serious nod to Thomas Jefferson. And uh, Joan, I thank you for for thank joining us much. to talk about it. Joan Esposito is the director of sales for the Jefferson, but she also knows where the history is in this hotel. And I bet if you came here and checked in as a guest and wanted to talk to Joan about a few things, she'd probably be willing to do that, right? So, absolutely. You can find more information about the Jefferson Hotel at, what's the website? www.jeffersondc.com. Jeffersondc.com. And you can see some pictures of the hotel. It's quite lovely. Stick around. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's, in a, Rudy Max's World in a Moment with the chef of the restaurant. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Advil Congestion Relief presents The Woman Who Cried Mucus. Once there was a congested woman. I blame mucus. And everyone believed right. her. Mucus. mucus. But she blamed mucus one too many times. I blame mucus. All right, stop blaming me. Stop crying mucus when the real problem is often swelling. Try Advil Congestion Relief. It reduces swelling due to nasal inflammation. Advil Congestion Relief. The right relief for the real problem. Visit AdvilCongestionRelief.com. Use as directed. GEICO makes it so simple to save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. But why stop there? GEICO finds every possible way to save you even more money. Good driver discounts, multi-car discounts, even good student discounts. And don't forget our looking fine discount, a discount for all the attractive folk like yourselves. OK, there's not really a looking fine discount, just seeing if you're paying attention. It's not a bad idea, though. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com to see how much you could save. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I have this dizzy feeling every time I get out of bed, like spinning. I don't know why. It's awful. I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer. I get lightheaded walking down a hall or aisle. Or unsteady on my feet. I lose my balance and get a little motion sick. It's like vertigo. That dizzy feeling in a car, train, or airplane. It's awful. An inner ear problem. Most likely your vestibular system. Now there's Zyvestra. An amazing, fast-acting... Dual-action tabs and targeted cream. You rub behind your ear. Behind 
behind your ear. And it works in an advanced homeopathic way to relieve dizziness. It relieves that vertigo feeling. That dizzy feeling, gone. Zyvestra is amazing. No more suffering from dizziness and queasiness. Wake up with better balance. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Zyvestra. Call 1-800-304-1684. 800-304-1684. Stop the dizziness. Call 800-304-1684. That's 800-304-1684. Get in the zone. High gas prices got you down? AutoZone can help. Using a fuel system cleaner is an easy way to improve engine performance and fuel economy. Right now at AutoZone, save $2 on a 6-ounce bottle of Gum Out Regain Complete Fuel System Cleaner. See store for restrictions and details. Maximize your miles per gallon with help from AutoZone today. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Ireland invites you to the exclusive Cliff Cocknickles. Intrigued by Cliff Cocknickles? It's simple. After gasping at the Cliffs of Moor, too exhausted to talk, one starts listening to the chronicles of the locals in Cork, known for spinning a good yarn. Bring a fresh pot of tea, because in a land famous for its wool, the yarn can last all night. Cliffs of Moor, Cork, Chronicles, Cliff Cocknickles. Flex that mouth and brace those ears. Take a vacation from the typical vacation. DiscoverIreland.com. Find great value vacation offers at DiscoverIreland.com. This segment of the program is brought to you by MedJet Assist. Unlike other evacuation services, only MedJet Assist lets you decide which hospital will be your final destination. Regardless of the nature of your illness or injury, if you're hospitalized while traveling, they'll be there for you. So take trips, not chances, and visit MedJetAssist.com or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under radio sponsors for more info. Hey. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. It's 43 minutes after the hour. I mentioned to you that this is really a tiny jewel of a hotel, or if I didn't, I meant to use that phrase. And inside this tiny jewel is a jewel of a restaurant. It's called Plume, and it is a, I mean, it's a jewel box. How else can I describe it? It's, it's, it's elegantly done. The menu is stunning. There aren't 40 entrees uh, or main courses, which uh, I always appreciate. I like, I like a restaurant where the chef is focusing on a few things rather than trying to be everything to all people. And I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Chris Jakubik, who is the executive chef of Plume. Welcome to the show, Chris. Nice thank, to have you here. Thank you. Great to, ha great to be here. That was an amazing dinner last night. Uh, thanks for the compliments. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. We've been talking. We talked, with, uh, we talked about the Jeffersonian feel of this, this hotel. Did that in any way influence your decision when you put together the menu after this hotel, when this hotel reopened a couple of years ago after renovation? Uh, well, the, the, the style of hotel and the history of it definitely had some influence on some of the things that we put on the menu. Uh, uh, definitely a Jeffersonian influence and inf uh, emphasis on, you know, vegetables. Jefferson was, a, as most people know, an avid gardener. Um, amazingly enough, he was one of the first people to focus on sustainability, and that's really? something that we try to we we try to focus on here as well, using local products when we can, uh, local local farmers. Um, we get our bar, we get our beef from uh, a farm fairly close by, and some of our uh, our produce comes from local farmers, and uh, even as far away as Pennsylvania. But uh, in this day and age, I think that's still considered somewhat local. So wait a minute, Thomas Jefferson was a farm-to-table guy before farm-to-table was cool. <laughs> Uh, correct. Of course, I guess a lot of things were farm to table back in those days. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> well, not by choice necessarily. No. Um, tell me a little about your background. How did you wind up in Washington, D.C. at the Jefferson Hotel? 
well, I've been working in boutique hotels for about the last 10 years or so, and I had been working with the same executive chef for about 10 years, and we had done uh, a couple different properties, and it was... Uh, uh, in good. Washington? No, not in Washington. I worked in New York for about seven years. I did a year in Miami at the Delano. Uh, worked in San Diego to help open the Ivy Hotel out there, and then the opportunity to come to Washington uh, presented itself and took a look at the property and what they wanted to do and decided that it would be a, a very good opportunity for myself. Where'd you grow up? What influenced you to become a chef? Uh, I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, amazingly enough, my, my father's a, a dentist. My grandfather was a dentist. I originally went to uh, college majoring in biological sciences. I wanted to, to be a dentist myself. Of course. Uh, along the way, I realized it wasn't for me. I had learned how to cook from my mother when I was fairly young, actually, and I, uh, for whatever reason, I just learned that it was something that I really enjoyed. I decided to pursue it, and once I started working in restaurants, I realized that I really enjoyed it and uh, went to culinary school, and, and pretty much from there, I've been working in restaurants ever since. Well, it's still mouth-oriented. I mean, grandfather yeah. and dad shouldn't be too disappointed. Yeah, well, uh, the, the only, th you know, I, I kind of think about it sometimes. If I had been, uh, if I had decided to go the, the pastry route, I could be, you know, pushing business to my D father. Exactly. <laughs> well, you you're, you did have lovely desserts, so oh, it wasn't thanks. exactly like it was all fresh vegetables. But I noticed the, the very, it wasn't really, we won't call it a first course. It was just a uh, crudités brought to the table before, while we were looking at the menu. And those were... Uh, those are vegetables we get from a farm in Pennsylvania. Uh, they're all organically grown. Um, we get it from uh, an Amish farm in, in PA. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, again, the emphasis on uh, fresh, raw ingredients. You know, there's a, there's a fixed menu. There's a chef's tasting menu, which right. is seven courses? Seven courses, yes. How, how do you feel as a chef? Do you prefer people order the chef's menu, or do you prefer they order off-the-menu individual things, or do you not care? I prefer that they order whatever, they, whatever they'd like, whatever they think is going to you know, make their experience that much better. Well said. But the chef's menu is designed to? Uh, well, it's an opportunity for us to present some different things that we've either been working on or that we, we, uh, we'd like to present to the guests without adding to you know, the size of the a la carte menu. Uh, it's interesting that you say that you know, there weren't uh, 40 items on the menu because we like to keep it a little bit smaller and, and emphasize what, what people really want and what we'd like to do. It was an astonishing dinner. I thank you for cooking it, not just for us, but for the other guests last night in Plume, oh, thank you. In Plume here. If you're in D.C., even if you're not staying at the Jefferson, try to get a reservation at Plume and uh, try Chris uh, Jakubik's uh, cooking. I certainly was uh, honored to do so, and it's nice to have you on the show today. Thanks a lot, Rudy. Thanks, Chris. I know you're, already, you're, in, you're in your uh, chef's whites. You're already working. Yeah, making lemon, uh, lemon zest confit. Lovely. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you. Thanks. Stick around. We'll be right back. We have a little news I didn't have time to tell you about and maybe even have a deal of the week for you involving Plume. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. This 
segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Service Magic. Now you can hire pre-screened home pros with confidence for repairs, remodeling, plumbing needs, maid services, and so much more. Visit www.homebuild411.servicemagic.com. That's homebuild411.servicemagic.com. 52 minutes after the hour, you're in Rudy Max's World. And today, Rudy Max's World is in Washington, D.C. at a charming, charming European-style hotel that Thomas Jefferson would have loved to stay at. It's, in fact, called the Jefferson Hotel. And it's right downtown, about four blocks from the White House, up 16th Street at 16th and M, around the corner from the National Geographic, around the corner from the Washington National Geographic Society, around the corner from the Washington Post, my old offices, my old stomping grounds, a beautiful part of town, easy walking distance, head down M Street in 15 minutes here in the middle of Georgetown. We just talked to uh, uh, the chef here and uh, at Plume Restaurant, and uh, I thought it might be a uh, an appropriate time to offer a, a deal of the week uh, having to do with Thanksgiving. You want to hit that sound thing there, Jeff? There you go. Boy, we spare no expense in special effects. Unbelievable. Um, so, okay, all right, over the register here. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, you know, family get-togethers can be stressful, and sometimes Thanksgiving, which is one of my favorite holidays, uh, puts a lot of uh, heat, so to speak, on whoever is cooking that dinner. If you like to remove that stress level this Thanksgiving, why don't you think about, and you live in the Washington, D.C. area, or really, Philadelphia, it's a two-hour drive, come on down. Um, uh, perhaps consider having Thanksgiving here at Plume Restaurant at the Jefferson. They're going to give you a three-course meal for $90 per person, children under 12 or $45, and there will be seatings between 11 in the morning and 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, it's quite a menu, as you might imagine, but not too much. That's another thing. I've gone to Thanksgiving dinners at restaurants where they're trying to offer everything, you know, from oysters. To, I mean, it just goes on and on, and so nothing is done well. One thing I liked about dining at Plume last night is the focus on, on uh, particular things the chef has on his mind at the time. Um, so I just wrote down, I think, about three things here that uh, uh, I certainly would order. Uh, one is the butternut squash soup with almond and ricotta ravioli and ricotta ravioli and sage. Uh, I don't know if you're making those at Thanksgiving at home, but they're making them here. Maple glazed turkey with chestnut and apple stuffing. Or you can have a, uh, a seared filet of sea bass with savoy cabbage and pearl onions and bacon lardons. I'm sorry if uh, you haven't eaten yet today and I'm doing this to you. Uh, for dessert, I'd probably go with the iced orange souffle with grand marnier and raspberry marmalade. How about that? So $90 per person, children under 12 or $45. That's Thanksgiving special at uh, uh, at Plume Restaurant here at the Jefferson at 16th and M. Again, you can uh, find out more details about this hotel at jeffersondc.com. I didn't have uh, time for a couple of news items I want to tell you about. You know, you would sort of think that by now, that by now, 10, more than 10 years since 9-11, that everyone would know that guns are not allowed to go through airport security checkpoints. But apparently about 800 people so far this year didn't know that. That's how many loaded firearms. Can I underline the first, the, the, the modifying words are loaded firearms? Loaded firearms, 800 of them, have been confiscated so far this year at the nation's airports by TSA inspectors. I thought that was a pretty startling statistic. I wonder how many unloaded firearms they uh, confiscated as well. And apparently... The trend is upward, according to a TSA spokeswoman. At Salt Lake City's airport alone this month, five loaded guns have been confiscated from carry-on bags. Um, I, I would think it's not necessary to say it, but I will. Firearms are permitted only in checked luggage, and uh, take the bullets out of the chamber before you check them. And the London Bridge, the one parked in Lake Havasu, uh, Arizona, it turns 40 this coming week, Halloween week. It's been 40 years since the oil magnate who founded Lake Havasu paid nearly $2.5 million for that bridge. It was scheduled to be replaced by a new bridge in London. But Robert P. McCulloch bought it, had it disassembled, shipped it to the desert, 
That, by the way, cost another $7 million. Uh, it opened as a tourist attraction in October of 1971, and it's now Arizona's second most popular tourist draw after the Grand Canyon. I'm learning things today. About 750,000 tourists visit the F London Bridge. <laughs> I was about to say the faux London Bridge, but I guess it is the London Bridge, even if it's in the middle of a desert. 750,000 tourists go there, and to celebrate the anniversary, the London Bridge Resort is offering discounts with rates beginning at $40 per person per night. You can find details at LondonBridgeResort.com. The Guinness Book of Records designated the bridge as the world's largest antique. And speaking of big things in November, Chinese numerologists are having a field day with the new month. We'll experience four unusual dates beginning this week. 1111, 1111-11, and 11-11-11. Uh, but here's a great way to win a bar bet. Now listen carefully. You ready for this? Take the last, the ki your kids will love this, take the last two digits of the year you were born, and add that to the age you will be this year. And the result, no matter what, will be 111 for everyone. All right, now he said, what did he say? Take the last two digits of the year you were born and the age you will be this year, and the result will always be 111, no matter what your age is. Man, this is why you listen to this show. Isn't it unbelievable? How about our new listeners at WEEU outside the Philadelphia area in the Lehigh Valley? This is the kind of stuff you're going to learn every weekend here. Well, maybe not every weekend. Uh, I, I love stuff like that, and I have no idea how that works. I have no idea how that works. We'll be back. Uh, for those stations who are leaving us this hour, and very few of our stations do, I'm happy to say, but a couple do, uh, we'll see you here again this time, same station, same place next week. It'll be November. You will have survived Halloween. Uh, for stations who are hanging on, we're going to pause for about uh, uh, six minutes of uh, news and advertisements. We'll be right back with you at six minutes after the hour here from the Jefferson Hotel in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk with my buddy Clarence Page. He's a Pulitzer Prize-winning syndicated columnist of the Chicago Tribune about a peculiar kind of travel, which is to say traveling with a presidential candidate as a reporter. So stick around. You're in Rudy Max's world. Hope you're having a lovely pre-Halloween uh, weekend. I look forward to talking to you on the other side of the top of the hour. been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.